Welcome to Let's Talk Learning Disabilities with Lori Peterson and Abby Weinstein. Lori and Abby spend their days talking about dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and ADHD. They talk to parents of struggling students and adults who have had a lifetime of academic challenges. They want to share those stories along with their own insights with you. So, let's talk learning disabilities. This is Lori. And this is Abby. Welcome to Let's Talk Learning Disabilities. Today we are super excited because we are kicking off a brand new series. That's right. Our new 12-part series called Turning Struggles into Triumphs, Parenting Through Learning Challenges, will cover the next 12 episodes where you can listen to what Lori and I have been up to for the last month. It has been so fun. We have actually had some parents. We actually had a great response to this when we sent out an email. Um, But we've had several parents willing to share their stories of what life was like, you know, when they first noticed their child struggling academically. And then they walk us through the process of how they had their child evaluated. Some of them did it privately. A couple of them did it through the school. And then really what happened afterwards? They talk a little bit about getting help through the school and what that process was like and really just the differences they've seen in their kids Mm -hmm. since that point. So we have had a blast. Exactly. And even hearing about how their students are thriving now, it was just very insightful and very rewarding. And I don't know, it tugged at my heartstrings hearing a lot of these parents' stories. And I hope that you guys will enjoy listening to them, maybe gain some valuable information, or maybe they'll put a little spark under your bottom to fight for your child who might be struggling. And hopefully you'll find these interviews invaluable. Hopefully one of them will resonate with you. You may hear a parent talking about a struggle that your child may have or may have had, and you're not sure what to do about it. So we're really hoping that this is going to be something that um, everyone will enjoy listening to. And again, it just kind of gave us a lot of warm fuzzies and felt really good about hearing the changes and the the, the success that these kids are having mm-hmm. now that they figured out what's going on and really are getting the targeted help that they need. So we really hope that you guys enjoy this series. Mm -hmm. Um, If you guys have any questions about any of the episodes as we go through, you know you can always reach out to us at letstalklearningdisabilities at gmail.com or you can always access all of our podcasts on our podcast website, www.ltldpodcast.com where you can find all our episodes in chronological order or even grouped by categories. So without further ado, we hope you guys enjoy the first episode of Turning Struggles into Triumphs. Parenting through learning challenges. Hello, Maria and Jaime. Thank you so much for being here today with us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Oh, of course. We are happy to um, have the opportunity for you to share a little bit about your experience and hopefully help some of our other listeners who might be walking in the shoes that you were walking in several years ago. So first off, tell us a little bit about the struggles that you observed prior to any evaluation or diagnosis and whether those struggles be academic or behavioral, what were you observing prior to evaluation? Uh, Well, since our daughter was in kindergarten, we noticed that she struggled with writing and reading. 
and nobody believed us. That, that was the biggest struggle, that we have two older kids uh-huh. that we notice they learn different and faster. So we told the school, and they said we have to wait until second grade to be evaluated by the district. Okay. So she was in a public school at the time? Yes. Okay. When, so when you approached them because you were concerned and you were seeing struggles in first grade or second grade, did the school also see the same struggles or have concerns and had they put any extra supports in place for her? When she was in kindergarten and, and we told no, and we noticed that, they said we have to wait until second, second grade. Uh, however, in first grade, we pressure and pressure and pressure. And finally, she was tested and the, by the district. Okay. But the test was negative, that she doesn't have anything. So the, their, the school's evaluation showed no learning, no learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. No, she has dyslexia and dyscalculia. Okay, so, so second grade, the school tested. They said there's no disability. Now, did they put any supports in place for her, even though she didn't qualify for any special services? Did they provide like small group intervention or anything to help her? Uh, no, until we pressure. Uh-huh. Because what happened with her is that she memorized everything. She has a good, good memory. Okay. So was really difficult for the teachers unless they have seen next for a lot of tests uh-huh. to, to notice her okay. limitation. Yeah, they say no, but uh, in the beginning of second grade, uh, we push and ask for intervention or some help. And finally, the school did. And then pandemia, boom. Oh, and the COVID that, pandemic when, changed yes. everything. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she was at uh, home that, learning online, so she wasn't getting that extra intervention, right? Yes, she was. But, in, I mean, online is not her thing at all. She needs to be in touch, in person. She needs to touch the paper, the lab, the pencil. Mm-hmm. She's more, she needs to touch right. and see. Um, yeah, computer is not... <laughs> Virtual is now her, her the best the best way she learns. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids are like that. So then, you ended up seeking a private evaluation outside of the school district, correct? Yes, and um, they during the pandemic, and they confirmed that she has dyslexia and dysgraphia and dyscalculia. Okay. So did those things that you suspected that she might have, I mean, did those diagnoses confirm your your suspicions of that she was struggling with a learning disability of, of some sort? Yes. Finally, we have an answer. We have a big, big relief. She has dyslexia, dyscalculia, and dysgraphia. Mm-hmm. And the school start. Uh, she was in 504, is the name of yes, the Yes, 504. And it was a big help for us 
as well, we have private tutors. Okay. So you shared the private evaluation report with her school and they were responsive to it, right? It sounds like they, you guys had a, a section 504 meeting, developed an individual accommodation plan for her. Yes. Okay. And then did the school, did they put in any other supports or just those 504 accommodations? Just the 504 accommodations. Um, she has 45 minutes every day outside the school for writing and reading. The school does not provide, a, they don't have a, any dyslexia teacher. They oh, have really? a math teacher, mm-hmm. but dyslexia teacher, they didn't, ha- she didn't receive any special classes for her for the math. dyslexia, oh, for math. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So they have the dyslexia teacher, but they don't have a math teacher. Oh. Oh, yeah, dyscalculia. I'm yeah. sorry, okay. dyscalculia. Yeah. So yeah, I think that this is Jaime, this is Jaime Julian is that I think that uh, one of the biggest frustration was dealing with the school, even though after we took the private test, they actually step up. But during that, it, it, took, me, it took them almost a year for them to come back to us and say, yeah, we will give you the test. So it was very frustrating because as you can imagine, this is our third kid. We didn't know exactly. Uh, where to go, mm-hmm. and, and also you know, the kid is eleven. We are in our early fifties. We we didn't deal with this when we were growing up, right? Uh, so that was the biggest. But thanks to a neighbor of ours, they they said you can take the private exam, the private test, and it was the best money I have ever spent in my life because it was a relief of now we have a plan, right? What is the plan? Let's now implement the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that has helped us a lot, yes. Good. I'm so glad. So when you received the results of the diagnosis, the um, the evaluator that was going over the results with you, they gave you some recommendations as far as things that would help her in the school setting, Right. Um, and then the school, they did start providing the dyslexia intervention program for her, but yes. no special supports for the math disability. No. Okay. There was a, there was a math teacher, but the end, he didn't specialize, specialize in dysgraphia. In dyscalculia. In dyscalculia, my, my apologies, in dyscalculia. Right. So um, we haven't been able to, to, to find somebody. So right now she's in sixth grade. And she's attending a place nearby, uh, Matanasium. Matanasium. Uh, yeah. Yes. They're wonderful. She was doing it. She was doing it twice a week. Now she's doing it once a week. Uh, things are progressing. Good. Um, but very slowly, slowly. To be honest with you. Yes. Well, how is her reading coming along? Is she doing better with her reading, and is she feeling more confident? Yeah, she, she, her reading is better. She has tutor for three years, twice a week. Mm-hmm. Right, I tutor after school. Uh, she doesn't have any more because we couldn't find any. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped her. Um, even uh, it's no perfect. I think she's, she's struggling. Yeah, she's trying. Yeah. Does she, mm-hmm. does she, understand or did you explain to her that you're very smart you just your brain learns differently oh yeah okay 
Yeah, that's, that is that is a perfect uh, a, a, a constant uh, conversation at home <laughs> mm-hmm. with the older kids. And I remember the day that the older kid make a sort of a funny comment about that. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how she's going to take it. But now it's, it's funny. She doesn't manipulate manipulate that information. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I have dyslexia, therefore I cannot do that. Uh-huh. We have been able to find cases of very interesting, famous uh, people Good. who have dyslexia. Right. And uh, not that she sees them as role models, but uh, we have made an effort to say, you know, would you just learn a different way? We just need to cope with this. Yeah. I think that the biggest struggle at this point is that the um, the uh, room that they give her, the uh, special uh, accommodations. accommodations that they give her. In my mind, and maybe I'm too old school. Old school, those accommodations need to be reduced and reduced and reduced. Reduced. You know what I mean? Instead of giving her one hour, it has to be 45 minutes. Eventually, 30 minutes later, because as much as they can do something like that in college. Welcome to the real world. It's not going to be like that. Right. So um, that, that is the that is the the, the thing that I, I personally mm-hmm. struggle the most. Well, and I think that is the goal. Eventually, you know, you put a, a bunch of supports in place for a student and, and classroom and testing accommodations, and as you teach them different skills and coping strategies, and you close those gaps. The goal is to eventually fade out and get rid of or reduce some of those accommodations. So she was diagnosed in 2021, correct? Yes, May 7th. Okay, so it's 2023. So maybe by the, you know, when you meet to review her 504 plan towards the end of this year, planning for next year, maybe that might be a good time to say, let's try reducing some of her accommodations and see how she does or see how far she is from achieving commensurate with her grade level peers. Yeah, she doesn't have more time than the other kids. Mm -hmm. She, she, but she has a calculator. Mm-hmm. She sits in front of the teacher. Right. And when she has some tests, the, she has somebody next to her. Mm-hmm. In, in case she needs, she doesn't understand the question on or what he has to do. Okay. So she can yes. ask for pieces of it to be read to her. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. So. Do you feel like she is doing better now or you're observing less struggles, you know, at home during homework time? The, the way I will answer that question is she is still confident, right, about math and reading. She has not lost the, the love to read because that was one of my biggest concerns mm-hmm. that now I don't want to read because I don't understand. Right. Uh, so to answer your question, uh, the the school tell us that you know she's doing fine, that she's really in a great level. Um, wow. having, having said that, we just need to continue keeping the love for learning Absolutely. alive, the burning desire. Yeah, that's true, and that's great that she still loves learning and enjoys reading because those are very hard things to teach. You know, you can't um, really teach that love for learning and that caring about school and learning so that's great that she's got that so she's reading more 
Yeah, we, we were lucky because her tutor for four years almost, second, second, yeah, three years, uh, was dyslexic, uh, was dyslexic as well. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, they, yeah. That's so, a great person for her to be working with. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, they still in touch. They, she's great. Good. Very good. I'm so glad. So if you had to recommend something for parents that are walking in your shoes that you were walking in in you know, 2020 or 2021 before you had the evaluation done and the diagnosis, what, what advice would you recommend or what advice would you give other parents that are listening that may be watching their child struggle at school and, and maybe even not getting the, the, the uh, intervention or evaluation from the school like you guys did in the beginning? I, I would recommend to follow their instinct, mm-hmm. that, that believing what they think is something is happening. Look for help. Mm-hmm. That's good, yeah. good advice. Yeah, in, in in help who is a professional people because we ask some people who has so her kids are dyslexic as well, and the first thing she said to us is don't talk to Juliana in Spanish, just in English, mm-hmm. because she's gonna be confused and she's not gonna be good in English or Spanish and they'll read or make her write in Spanish. Um, that was like, okay, that's not going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. But she's completely bilingual. Wow. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So she can yeah. read, she can read in Spanish as well. She can read, but she doesn't have any comprehension. Okay. She's not comprehending yeah. it. Well, mm-hmm. that's great. So, so your advice is to, trust your 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 gut instinct right if you feel Mm -hmm. like there's something going on with your child um follow through with it and i heard you say you know kind of research look at there's so many resources out there so if you're not getting what you need from the school you know now with the internet there's so many resources so Inform yourself, right? Learn more about different learning disabilities or places that do privately evaluate students for learning disabilities. Uh, what we what we tell to her is because sometimes they say it's uh she doesn't have the 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 capacity or she's not available to read or something. Mm-hmm. So what we call what we tell her is you you can read just in different way. Right. But you are able to do everything. That's very yeah. good. Yep. She is capable of mm-hmm. anything she sets her mind to. She may have to uh-huh. work a little bit harder than some of her peers, but that is great to tell her that because she is very capable. And I love that you've exposed her to learning about different people in the world that have been gone on to be very successful despite having dyslexia or dysgraphia. Yeah. Right. I, I would say also that if, don't, don't be afraid to reach out to others, to other families, right? Uh, sometimes when you first find this out or you're struggling with that, you just don't know if this is something that is just happening to your family. But the truth is that there are so many kids like that. Yes. And thanks to our neighbor, 
That's how we found uh, the uh, the private service that will give us the private exam, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and to me, that was uh, a, a groundbreaking, uh, a, a stepping stone uh-huh. towards her process. Okay, good. That's good advice too. But reach out and talk to other adults that you know, friends and family members and neighbors. And you happen to have a neighbor that had some a great resource for you for a private evaluation. And it's it's an investment really in your child's future. And you guys did that. And so I applaud you for advocating for her and realizing that something was not right, something was going on and taking the initiative to figure out what exactly is going on so that you can then have a plan moving forward to be able to help her and give her more opportunities for success. success. So you guys are doing a great job. I applaud you for that. And thank you so very much for your time and for sharing your story being so open and honest and vulnerable with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. And we're going to sign off and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. In our show notes, you can find information about today's talk, as well as links to resources and other episodes. If you have questions about today's talk, have ideas for future episodes, or just want to stay connected, you can contact us through Diagnostic Learning Services on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So let's keep talking learning disabilities. This podcast is sponsored by eDiagnostic Learning. You can find more information at www.ediagnosticlearning.com.